On this day, April 25th, 1997, the film Volcano was released into theaters. On this day, we will talk about the fun facts and what we liked, what we didn't like about this awesome volcanic movie. We'll also have our featured segment, On the Set with Matt McGlossen, and also a segment called Also On This Day. So, enjoy the episode of Pod This Day. How's it going, Steve? It's going good, Matt. I'm going to disrupt it this time and be the one that opens it. (laughs) Sweet. I knew you'd do it. I got you. I got your back. It's almost like an earthquake erupted on the podcast and volcanic lava sifted through the computer and disrupted our whole thing. It totally, it's like a big disruptive uh, giant volcano. It's like it would be super inconvenient, like it was in the middle of a city. I know, a volcano (laughs) in the middle of the city. It's almost like it's never been heard of before. Yeah. Something like Los Angeles, I'm thinking. Something crazy and revolutionary, like Los Angeles, yes. Yeah, and they had to put it in a movie as a historical document documentary. Yes, right? uh, uh, to, to ensure that the, we remember the tragedies that happened that day. <laughs> exactly, on April 25th, 1997, when Volcano was released in theaters. Several months before I was born, but not too early for me to not appreciate it. <laughs> well, see, the fun thing about all these old movies, especially since you told me you work in a video store, yeah. Or used to, well, when they existed, you worked well, in yeah, video before, store. Yeah, before video stores <laughs> died off both here and in America. <laughs> yes. We both worked in one. Ah, uh, and I, I mean, days. Exactly. So I think you have a good way to appreciate older movies as well as newer movies, because oh, obviously yeah. people were renting them right in front of you. And and you learn, like, the passion that people had for the stuff that they grew up with, too. Like, I... I, I'm thoroughly happy I had that job. It was so much fun. <laughs> oh, by far. All right. So, Volcano. Uh, synopsis for you guys out there. When a massive earthquake rocks the city of Los Angeles, emergency management department head Mike Rourke, played by Tommy Lee Jones, returns from his vacation to help the city's response. After geologist Dr. Amy Barnes, played by Anne Heche, warns that a volcano may be forming in the sewer tunnels, she was perceived as a total nut job. Other severe earthquakes... <laughs> as, as one would normally be. <laughs> yes. Other severe earthquakes unleashed the lava flowing underfoot, threatening to destroy the whole city. As the fiery molten rock runs through the streets, Wark and Barnes must figure out how to divert it. So, so 1997, I definitely saw this movie either in theaters or on HBO as soon as it came out. I watched this movie actually quite a bit because I was kind of a fan of disaster movies at that time. Mm -hmm. And one of the other movies that came out right alongside this movie was uh, Dante's Peak. Oh, yeah. Because because the only way to release movies in the 90s were releasing two similar <laughs> in movies. close succession with in, very similar plots and, and, and that really hasn't died off no it's i mean really it, it, it's a good tactic you have well yes you have like white house down and the olympus has fallen olympus has fallen and i got you, have, you that came out when i worked at the movie store yes and you have <laughs> armageddon 
and Deep Deep Impact, Impact, which I think I'll always have the follow up. (laughs) But but here's the funny one. Everyone thought Deep Impact was the porno version of Armageddon. Oh, absolutely. But I I was disappointed that it was not. (laughs) I know, right? As a young teenage boy. (laughs) (laughs) All right, back to Volcano because that came out today. Mm -hmm. Um, So this one actually has a soft spot in my heart too. I'm going to jump in here for a moment. Okay. Because I I remember like, I, I don't know the year, but like back in 2007, 2008 or so, I I was getting to an age where I was like really into action movies and I wanted to see more and more like crazy action sequences and stuff. My dad always had a soft spot in his heart for these like disaster flicks from like the 80s and 90s that he grew up with. And so like, he he introduced me to a box set and it had like Day After Tomorrow, Volcano, Deep Impact, and uh, what was it? Uh, the one with uh, the, it was Aliens and they just rebooted it recently. Uh, Independence um, Day? Independence Day, yes. Uh, so it was those four and I watched those movies so much. There were so many road trips that were occupied with watching Volcano back in the day. And oh. I thought it was the coolest thing because it was like the hardest of all of those movies by arguably at least. Oh, by I, far. I don't know any other movie that showed me a man melting in lava, but... <laughs> oh, that was so awesome. The special effects oh. for the late 90s was actually pretty good. Yo, it holds up. They did a good job. Yeah. like Yes. Special effects were solid on this one. Yeah. And obviously earthquakes have always been a thing in California. So staple of the region. <laughs> yeah. So I think taking it that one step farther, I mean, even though it's it's not probable and it later in the podcast I'll get to uh a website I found called Bad Geology. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. No, we need to science debunk things now. This that's what this podcast needs to have is more more science, science debunking. debunking. Oh, yeah. we could definitely make that another segment on the podcast. Absolutely. I want but, I want all of the holes poked into this. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> so you got a city that thinks okay, earthquakes and emergency personnel you know trying to take everything out and i i like how you know the the obviously the doctor was basically you know completely insane i mean she was a geologist Mm -hmm. for one which does make her think that this could really happen and obviously when the temperatures at the la brea tar pits start heating up and you know stuff starts all indicators start pointing everything starts smelling like sulfur there's a giant (laughs) mountain growing in the middle of the uh (laughs) But I don't think that actually did that actually that did happen. I think no, where that's it just erupted, the cover of the film. Oh right, that is the cover of the film. One of the oh, covers. I remember. Of the film. I remember that cover. <laughs> like I said, a lot of watching. Yes. So okay. So you got a city completely. I mean, I think it mostly took place downtown, though, didn't it? I mean, yeah. It, it, well, it and was, if anyone is familiar with LA, I've been there once. It, it's the worst driving ever. So if oh, anything yeah. happens downtown, no one knows about it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, okay. So you got downtown pretty much exploding. Um, I think based on the science, obviously it's it's been debunked, but we'll get to that in a minute. But you have someone that's like, okay, how do I di- divert this lava? Okay. So barriers obviously worked for one, but then mm-hmm. they completely forgot of the subway tunnels underneath Los Angeles that could be used as basically insulated tubes to make the lava flow throughout the city. Yeah. I mean, that was kind of funny where the subway train stopped and they were basically being cooked alive, had... Yeah, just like slowly creeping on them. Yep. I mean, slowly. Super, super slowly. That's like the eerie part about this show. Like the volcanoes have always been scary to me because they have that slow moving. Like it seems slow, but it'll overwhelm. (laughs) But they're also unpredictable. 
which I yeah. think is kind of the funny thing. Like, obviously, in a movie, you have to kind of make it happen. But in real life, when like Mount St. Helens was going to erupt, it wasn't okay today it's gonna go or tomorrow it's gonna go it was a progressive it's like well any day now it should probably happen soon i don't think i could go to work today the volcano's volcano's gonna gonna go gonna go (laughs) yeah the volcano's not looking happy this morning Yep. Well, I got to escape the city i can't go to work yeah but tommy lee jones did a did a fine job as a you know, the angry, rawr, get to work, and this is what we have to do, and and the authoritarian type of guy. Mm -hmm. The daughter, though, I could have done complete without the daughter. The daughter was the most insane, (sighs) bad, horrible acting kid. Seriously. (laughs) I I hate to say this to any child actor, but maybe don't. Maybe don't pursue it. (laughs) I mean, her fake crying was... Her fake crying was (sighs) awful, and... It's one of those things that, like, maybe she could have done a better job if she had, like, more experience behind it or or any grasp of human emotion. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm being mean. But, like, no, it was... That's a brutal child acting performance. There, there, there are many better child actors that I have seen. <laughs> yeah. She even tried to redeem herself at the end of the movie, saving that kid. But I think the kid gave a better performance than... Oh, the kid stole that show. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. Mommy, where's my mommy? And he's holding a teddy bear. Like, you felt so it's bad like for you, that kid. I, oh, that kid immediately ev- evokes it. Like, that because kid, the record, I care what was for it? that kid. It was the, um, what was it? The What record studio? Or oh. it was that infamous building in LA. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. But it was, that building was literally about to come crashing down on that kid to stop the lava from <laughs> flowing. And then really? they were diverting it into the into the uh, ocean through the, you know, unused water. Like, that's the one thing about L.A. that I thought was kind of funny. They have these, like, conduits that flow out into the yeah. ocean for, like, rain and whatnot. All the runoff but, conduits, yeah. yeah. But they're all empty. Oh, like, yeah, because they're constantly in a state of drought. Yes. The L.A. The LA quote-unquote river. <laughs> yes, but it did help for the, for the lava to... And it also makes Get for us. a lot of killer stages in video games, I will admit. Those, oh, those and runoff troughs. I'd just love to drive in one of those. That'd be kind of fun. Oh, God. that dri- There's so many good driving sequences done in those those tunnels. Because like the, the The channels, yeah. And it's just an easy filming location because they're always empty and always available. Yeah. yeah. I'd just like to see one film where we all know, like the entire audience mentally knows that they're they're empty, right? That all of a sudden mm-hmm. this guy kind of drives off and he's going to head into one because, you know, okay, that's where his car chase is going to happen. That's where we can like, escape to, yeah. And then his car just gets like drowned in water and you're like, what? He jumps off the edge and it's like the one time that California has gotten rain recently and he like <laughs> yes. lands in like a good amount of water. and <laughs> That would be so funny. Funny. The engine stalls out. <laughs> All right, so back to volcano. Okay, so I pulled up this website uh, called Bad Geology Movies, and I pulled up the one for a volcano. Excellent. So, like, so like we mentioned, the premise: What if a volcano appeared and started erupting under a populated area like Los Angeles? So I guess one could suppose that because there's a plate tectonic boundary, the San Andreas Fault, there along the margin of North America, that volcano might arise. There's volcanoes all around the margins of the Pacific Ocean along plate boundaries, which are given the uh, app name Ring of Fire. Which is also why they get so many, uh, what is it, earthquakes in LA because of all those volcanoes erupting. Exactly. So Mm -hmm. the Cascade Mountain Range, including Mount Rainier and Mount St. Helens, are such volcanoes. One problem. These volcanoes occur along subduction zones, where basically the ocean floor is being drawn under the large continents. The Pacific Plate, under the Pacific Ocean, is being subducted under Alaska, and under Japan, in a lot of other places. So it's a bottom. 
<laughs> yes. So the subduction is not occurring in California. And that's where it needs to happen in order for the volcanoes Volcano. to form. Oh. Yes. So it's on like the opposite side of the plate, essentially. Exactly. Yes. Cool. So there, the Pacific plate is moving northward with respect to the continent of North America. The San Andreas Fault is what is called the Transform Fault, where the rocks slide past each other, not where some rocks override others, like in the subduction zones. Because of this, we can't expect huge volcanoes like we see in the Cascades. Usually, if there are volcanoes along Transform Faults, they're pretty small. They're not completely impossible, so the possibility exists. Yes, we can. We can make these volcanoes happen in LA. (laughs) So it's not possible. So of course, the explanation provided by the geologists in the movie is not at all like is not like this at all. And in the end, they get a new mountain out of the deal, which is highly unlikely. (laughs) You know how LA needs that giant mountain in the middle of a bowl that it exists in. (laughs) All right. So I got four things here. I won't read most of them, but I got four things that uh, bug this person a lot in the stance of geologists and the likelihood of a volcano inside the LA area. Okay, what are our four flags? Okay, I really don't think the K-rails are going to do much to blocking flowing lava. And dousing it with water? Well, I guess they do these sorts of things elsewhere with some success. But the movie makes it out uh, like they stopped the flow of lava completely. (laughs) I suspect that in the real world, the best outcome in such a situation is the diversion flow. That stuff's hot, and there's a lot of it. Let's send it somewhere else, and we'll be okay. Which is what they did in the end. That's like, honestly, I feel like the only way that we know of how to deal with lava. Really? I know. Like, everyone's like, oh, throw water on it. We do that, like, here, and there's other things that work. Nah, just get it away. We can't stop lava. (laughs) And then, how come no one except for the geologist had any idea what lava was? Well, I don't know about you, but the first time I ever saw lava, I thought, "What? what is that? I've never seen this in real life, so it must be different than the thing I saw on TV. Is that jello? Is this a hot and sweet surprise? Is this caramel? Is this what caramel looks like? All is right. this where caramel comes from? Is yes. lava caramel? Stop lying to me, Steve. Is caramel lava? It is. I well, need to know. You, remember when you played the lava is on the hot floor? Like you're, you can't, you have to walk on chairs and couches and piss off your parents because the floor is hot lava? Yes. That classic game with the really efficient name of the lava is hot floor. Yes, exactly. All right. I'm sorry. Problem, I'm sorry. The greater problem is that they should have all died of massive bleeding in the lungs before they even had a chance to try and block the flow of lava. Ash is basically fine shards of glass. No one is wearing masks, so they're basically inhaling glass for hours. No one cough, no one sneezing, no gasping. Well, obviously they're superhuman. <laughs> Listen, they're actors. They've been doing cocaine for years. They're used to abrasive substances in the lungs. Oh, okay. I didn't yeah, I didn't no, know it's, pr- it's a hardened... Uh, they've really built their bodies up to withstand this. I mean, maybe Tommy Lee Jones could have could have survived it, but everyone else probably should have died. Oh, for sure. No, I refuse to accept the fact that Tommy Lee Jones dies in any film that he's in. I don't think that he would ever die as a character. Yes. Okay, so... Number three, the news reports at the end made me facepalm. The volcano is shutting down, the reporter said. The lava is subsiding. The the lava has gone on strike. (laughs) And lava doesn't subside. Once the lava's on the ground, it's solid. There is no subsiding. Maybe they were referring to magma deep within the earth. Anyway, the idea that a volcano can just turn on and off like that is extremely sketchy. I think this guy's idea of volcanoes is (laughs) close-minded. 
<laughs> I think he needs to open his definition of what volcanoes can do. I mean, come on. I, I like I mean, to think that my volcanoes can recede their hard rock form. I know volcanoes. I know volcanoes are fake, but come on. You really, really Yeah, if you're gonna expect us to better. believe it. You really should be much better at uh, you know, knowing what volcanoes can do before putting it in a in a movie. Definitely for a film named after its subject matter <laughs> it should know it better so we have, now right. we have to watch mount st helens at some point though so that we can see whether it did a better job of understanding volcanoes oh right exactly mm-hmm. well i think deep impact was more likely of a movie than i've heard some beef with deep impact too that like splitting up that asteroid oh, not, would make it no, worse not deep impact i meant uh, dante's peak the other volcano oh sorry yeah dante's peak not but mount st that. helens I... that's a real thing matt yes <laughs> All right, I got one more. Okay, Dr. Barnes mentions that the uh, Bible verse Matthew 7:26, and everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doth not them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. Is very popular among geologists. Strangely, I've never heard that one before. Just saying. <laughs> so, so wait, in, wait, wait. Is it's popular in real life, but he hasn't heard it. Yes. Okay. All right. So this person definitely doesn't want to get into all the other geology-related things about the movie. Oh, th- um, I imagine there's like a ton of, of plot holes that can come from the lack of science knowledge in this. Yep. All right. So that was bad geology. All right. Next up, we have On the Set with Matt McLaughlin. Excellent. So this week we have, or this episode rather, uh, we have Alan Silvestri, the composer for the film. Uh, And so I I was going to try and find someone who did like some special effects work on it initially. I was like looking for someone in that kind of realm because I want to keep it relative to like the genre. And I feel like disaster films are really made or breaked by uh, by those effects. Yes. But this guy has a crazy interesting history, actually. Uh, He started composing back in 1972, and his first film he ever worked on was called The Duberman Gang, which is just a fun word to say. Uh, um, But outside of that, he has also had a very successful career in terms of uh, scoring some really, really big movies, actually, in the 90s uh, and early 2000s, including three episodes of Starsky and Hutch way back in the day in the uh, 80s and 70s, um, Romancing the Stone, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, uh, Ooh, all of the Predator films on. from like the early uh, initial releases. Um, Mac and Me, if you're familiar with that. Yep. Uh, he did Back to the Future 2 and 3. Uh, Forrest Gump, uh, Parents Trap, Van Helsing, uh, Polar Express, Captain America. Uh, and of course, now we're getting into the newer things. He most recently worked on uh, Welcome to Marwin, the new Steve Carell oh. film. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. I actually saw that... Uh... My wife had to go to St. Cloud, so I'm like, dude, free day, gonna go see a movie. Let's go check out Steve. How are you doing? Yeah. Uh, and, and right now, he just recently finished work on Avengers Endgame, so he's been doing a whole ton of work with them as well. Um, awesome. And of course, the one that we need to really highlight here, and the most crowning achievement, is uh, the Super Mario Bros. movie that he worked on. Oh, <laughs> uh, And that holy. is the famous live-action one that did... That is awesome. <laughs> that did set precedent for... For Super Mario not getting another movie. <laughs> you know, you know, I am a huge fan of uh what's that dude's name? Um that does the music for all of Tim Burton's movies. Oh uh, him. Shoot okay, just a moment. Well, I'm can't, just gonna... Oh my god. Why do I always I remember so many things yet I can't remember uh and I just Elfman. said earlier that I That's oh, okay. Yeah, Danny Elfman. Elfman. Okay. So I, I think I almost like this guy just slightly more. 
just yeah. just because of the movies he works on. He has he has like a lot of good nostalgic uh, things that he's worked on. He's uh he's also won like a whole shit ton of awards. Uh, he's two Emmys, ten ASCAP awards, uh, thirteen BMI awards, seven television awards, uh, a Grammy for his work on Polar Express, and nominated for two Oscars. Well, dude, this guy needs to get in front of an orchestra and just play his heart out. Yeah, I need a series of just, like, the work that this guy's done. Because there's so many things in here that are just iconic pieces. Yep, he should totally do... You know, I don't know if they do this in Canada, but in, in America, a lot of times, they do the movie, and they have the score played by actual orchestra during the movie. Shit, I wish we did that. That's not something I've heard about, actually. Yeah, um, so they, they did it for Avengers Infinity War. I'm sure they'll do it for Endgame. They most damn. recently did it for the Star Wars movies, the originals. That's cool. We have, like, we'll have orchestras who tour and play film soundtracks. Like, that's that's something that's done, but it's never done, like, accompanying the film. Yes. I feel like that'd be really fun. Damn. I think it's, I think it's just weird, though, because you got the sound effects, but then you have the the score play you know what i think i, mean? you I think this... you should have like one or two guys who just have a big sample board and have to do all the sound effects and fully live <laughs> oh i think we need God. to take this to the nth degree let's push the boundaries here <laughs> all right guys that's your next challenge mm-hmm. come on step uh, it up i want i want live sound effects live right. fully work <laughs> <laughs> awesome all right well that has been on the set with matt mclaughlin next up we have also on this day of April 25th. Um, Tell so, me, Steve, what happened? So there, there were some important events that, that happened on this day. On April 25th, 1990, the Hubble Space Telescope is placed into orbit by Shuttle Discovery. Hey, they have some of my favorite pictures of space. I know, they have like all my pa- favorite pictures of <laughs> they space. They have all of the pictures I know of space. <laughs> you know, the curvature. Of the- Except for that one about uh, Pluto, which I know was taken like last year or something. <laughs> you know what? Screw those guys. Pluto is the best. True. E- even the dog. Even the dog is the best. Oh, the pl- yeah, Pluto is the best dog in the Mickey Mouse family. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I think the only dog. But definitely the less the less weird of the dog options. <laughs> well, I guess you also have uh, Goofy. You have Goofy, you yeah. Consider, consider and that's when things get dog. weird. <laughs> Because <laughs> Goofy owns a dog. <laughs> yes, they should still bring uh, bring him back. Bring back absolutely. Oh no, though, I was talking about the planet. Bring back the planet. Although I think they most recently did say Pluto is a planet once again. I think it. Yeah, it's grown again. It fluctuates in size because of freezing. Yeah, because you know you could just turn on and off someone being a planet or something being a planet. Well, yeah, the same way that you can turn on and off a volcano, of course. <laughs> it, oh, exactly. All Scientists right, just up. accidentally turned down the dimmer switch on Pluto. well that's how it works if you didn't yeah in case you were wondering all right let's see i got some more fun facts for you lots and lots and lots of fun facts we have tell me more in uh, april april 25th 1886 sigmund freud opens up practice at hey i'm not gonna pronounce the city but it was in vienna that that's fair judging from the fact that it was in vienna i'm gonna i'm gonna agree with you that i would not be able to pronounce that (laughs) <laughs> yes, I, I could not. But yes, Sigmund Freud started his practice. And many and many diagnoses of you want to have sex with your mother followed. <laughs> I know. I had to make sure that was part of this uh, podcast because, you know, you got to know that sex We have with to work mom... in the Oedipus complex every episode. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's uh, really the underlying message. <laughs> yes. Every every episode, we have to come up with one. Just remember the Oedipus complexes out there. 
perfect. Keep it in the All mind. Right. <laughs> All right. I got one more for you here. And it is... Oh, here we go. Okay. April 25th, 1917. Ella Fitzgerald, American jazz singer, was born in Newport News, Virginia. Hey, that's a name I'm familiar with. We talk a lot about her in the the jazz studies program at the university I just graduated from. Awesome. I'm glad I so knew that. Ella Fitzgerald is a very important figure in American jazz. Yep, not Canadian. No, no, definitely American. We just just American. We only care about American jazz. (laughs) Because Canadian jazz doesn't exist? It's just less widespread, for sure. Oh, okay. For All sure. Right. It's, <laughs> There's it's more, more the prolific southern... American jazz uh, composers and, and musicians. All right. And one awesome. of them was born today. Yes, one of them was born pretty much the one of the top Honestly, one of the most important ones. (laughs) Was, yes, was born today. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, that's all we have time for on Pod This Day. Let's uh, social media, everyone. We got uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, like, you know, the standard people do. Excellent. Um, It's at Pod This Day. So make sure to share and like and uh, check us out every day because, as Matt knows, I put a fun fact from the day on the calendar. We got fun things coming up all the time, so be sure to be watching. Yes, and like them and share with your friends, because they mm-hmm. want to know about all these things that happen on a day, too. Excellent. All right. Um, let's see. We You can listen to us on iTunes and Google Play and Podbean and Stitcher right now, so make sure to check us out on there. And uh, in the future, hopefully we're on uh, more of your favorite mm-hmm. apps. And on any of those apps, please feel free to rate and review. Let us know how we're doing. And subscribe. Yes. All right. Well, until the next day. I am Steven Sklansky. And I'm Matt McGloshan. And that's all the time we have on Pod This Day.